welcome to Cartridge Command, your weekly retro gaming podcast where we discuss and review the classic and not-so-classic games of the 8- and 16-bit era. I'm Nick. And I'm Eric. And this week's game is Operation Wolf. Operation Wolf was developed and published by Taito for the NES in 1989. There is not a ton of information about its worldwide release, (laughs) but I'm guessing it came out around the same time in North America and then probably a year or two later, if ever, in Europe. Seems to be the standard. Now, this game was based on their 1987 arcade hit. Yeah, I remember seeing it about. Yeah, it was um, one of the first big arcade shooters, and it featured a, you know, optical gun controller that was shaped like an Uzi, kind of. Yeah, that's always a big draw in the in the arcade days. Yeah, it was one of the first um, big mounted gun arcade cabinets I can remember. And it had a motorized mechanism in it that did backfire as you shot it. Nice. The arcade controller also had a button on the side to launch your grenade. Oh, right, right. And it did feature the exact same uh, number of levels, but you did choose them instead of being assigned them in order. Mm. Now, was this the first, this is, seems like the first game that I can recall that had the, the big mounted gun. gun and, yeah, for me it was as well. And then having the button on the side for your grenades kind of became a standard, I feel like. Definitely. And likely this was before the shoot-off screen to reload. Oh, right, right. Now, this game was ported to the NES, but I don't think any other system. And what made this game unique for the NES amongst uh, many games was the fact that it did use the Nintendo Zapper. Yeah, that's uh, always a bonus. There were, Yeah, I mean, how many... I wonder how many games there actually were that used the Zapper. It seemed like it was kind of... There were 17 games. 17, yeah. okay. Yeah, because we haven't actually played any games on the show that feature the Zapper yet. Yeah, well, it, unfortunately, unless you have a CRT, you're kind of yeah, out of luck. Yeah, and let's get into that, because I do have a little information on the Zapper itself, since, you know, I don't know how many other games we're going to play that also <laughs> feature it. A zap to it, man. The Nintendo Zapper was also known as the Beam Gun in Japan. Oh, all right. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. Although theirs looked like a revolver in its first uh, incantation. Okay. Incarnation. It's kind of cool. It was not conjured. (laughs) (laughs) And the way this thing works is there's a light sensor inside of it behind that lens on the front. Mm -hmm. And when you're playing a light gun game, uh, when you pull that trigger, it shows a black screen. Right, with for, a little... For one second, it's all black. Or yeah. one millisecond, or whatever one fresh rate of the CRT screen is. Right, right. And I'm not going to get into how CRT screens work, because that's a whole other crazy Ugh. thing. Yeah. But after that, it then has a block of white where the targets are. Right, For a right. certain number of screen refreshes after that. Mm-hmm. And it looks for that white block. If it's white after the black, it knows you hit the target. Right. And the length of time it has seen it tells you which target it is mm-hmm. pretty cool i remember reading finding that out and thinking it was you know you think there's some invisible beam coming out of your gun when at right. least when i was a kid you know oh yeah and uh if you had an early one you could also just aim it at a light because it didn't have that black check uh-huh and it would also register as a hit 
No kidding. Yes, I did have an early one, which we'll get to in our personal histories, and that trick did work for me as well. Awesome. And as you mentioned before, uh, sadly, these peripherals no longer work on modern televisions. Unfortunately, yeah. The way the screen refreshes and the timing of it is now off from what would be looked for by that system. I see. Has anyone, have there like a third party, has anyone been like, we're going to make a zapper that works on modern TVs? No, because I think it's all about computing time and whatnot, so mm. it would be different for each TV. Right, and like you, you know, like you mentioned, there's only 17 games, so correct <laughs> might not be worth the input. Now, I do know that when some games were brought to the virtual console on the DS or 3DS, I think it was, okay. they were given a touch support in some way. Oh, all right. I guess that's a decent way to approximate the experience. Correct, but it does make them a thousand times easier. <laughs> So yes, there were finally 17 games that made uh, use of the light gun, and even fewer that only used the light gun. And then, of course, Nintendo was not the only one who had a light gun. Sega did as well. Yeah, and uh, which I had some experience with. Played a little Safari Hunt in my day, and I always thought the the Master System gun looked way cooler. What was it called? I can't remember. I think it's based on the one from the anime Zillion. You know what I'm talking about? Right, they had like a tie-in. Yeah, theirs was called the Light Phaser. Oh, right. Okay. Which is actually, I think, maybe cooler than Zapper. Yeah, I think so. I mean, but not as cool as Beam Gun. And finally, the Zapper was followed up on the Super Nintendo with the Super Scope 6. Now, that was the, the like, rifle looking, or it went on your shoulder? Like a yeah, it was more like cannon? a bazooka cannon laser rifle kind of thing. It was ridiculous, and I only used it once at a friend's house. I, man, I've never gotten a chance, got, never got my hands on it. Yeah, um, I think it only had three games that worked for it or so, right, or right. were made for it. And um, the fact was they didn't want to make a realistic-looking gun in any way. Right. And uh, therefore, it was this big, giant sci-fi monstrosity. Now, don't get me wrong. If, if they would have sold the Super Scope for 10 or $15 as just a toy gun, yeah. I, I would have been into it probably. But... but not at that peripheral price. No, no. And then uh, I guess finally we'll say, because uh, I already said finally once, but I forgot to mention there was a bit of controversy, and the original Zapper was uh, two shades of gray. Yeah, that's the one I had originally. But at some point, due to safety concerns, it was changed to bright orange and right. gray. I wonder what the time, if the, the timing of that deals with the Intertech I uh, think it probably Water did, guns, yeah. Where uh, a certain manufacturer of water guns made them look way too realistic and ruined it for everybody. Unfortunately, because they were awesome. <laughs> My friends had a couple of them. And they, were, they were really cool looking. They were indeed. Um, the rocket launcher eventually made its way into the Rambo line of toys. Oh, right. Yeah. And it was awesome. Yeah. Despite the fact that it was actually a squirt gun that was ludicrous. Yeah. Shooting a tiny squirt out of the end of that giant rocket. But, hey. It looked, it looked the part. It did. Well, Nick, what kind of game is Operation Wolf? Operation Wolf is a auto-scrolling uh, to the side, left and right. Uh, it's an on-rail shooter. Yeah, the very beginnings of the on-rail shooter genre, I would say. Mm-hmm. And like many games in the beginning of this genre, you are just scrolling from left to right or right to left. And enemies will come into this field of view, and you Mm -hmm. must uh, shoot them with whatever means you can. Yeah, and they'll attack you after a certain amount of time on screen. Mm -hmm. You have a life bar. Yeah, so let's get into the mechanics, because there is no jump, so we can't even start there. Yeah, no no jump to deride. 
and there is no movement per se because the screen is moving at all times at one consistent pace. Mm -hmm. What you do control though is uh, depends on your mode of input. Well, that's true. If you're um, playing without the zapper, then you use your uh, controller. You move your little target reticule around. Yes, with the D-pad. Yeah, and you can fire with, uh, I think, what, A button and B buttons your grenades? Yes. Whereas, so, with the zapper, you use the zapper and the controller, right? Yes. Is the controller just for the grenades? Correct. Or you can take over, I think, with the thing. I'm not, you know, I don't know. I I didn't play with that combo. No, okay. Or I did, but I didn't have the D-pad accessible. Gotcha. In fact, we'll get to my experience with that here in the future segment. Sure. But if you do have the gun, there is no cursor or reticule. You just aim and shoot at all of the enemies that come across the screen. Right. And if uh, if you are using the controller, then you do, uh, to its credit, gives you uh, up to five different speeds you can select uh, from, you know, slowest to faster for the, the crosshairs. And those aren't power-ups. That's just a choice you make at the beginning of the game. Yeah. So, of course, in this game, um, the main thing you're going to do is shoot at enemies. But there are also um, a couple other things you can shoot as well. Uh, but you're not just using a normal gun. You also have that grenade we talked about. Yeah, it's your strongest weapon. Mm-hmm. Is it? It kills anything in one hit, right? Even the vehicles, I believe? Yes. Not the bosses, but just the large vehicles throughout the level. Yeah. So in this game, you do have health, and you have a health bar. Right. And it's a weird health bar. Yeah, it gets a little curve at the end. Yeah, it goes up around the side of the screen. Which is a little weird. Is that a, it's a holdover from the arcade, I'm assuming? I Yes, and I guess due to just the screen size limitations, I don't know. <laughs> it just seems like, you know, they could make it go down less. Right. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like, your life meter goes to 11 here. That's kind of what it reminds me of, and I, I do <laughs> like that. You get one continue mm-hmm. per mission, right? Because um, I, I use a lot of these. Mm-hmm. And like I mentioned earlier, you're not just shooting enemies there are ways to gain more health through power-ups or sure, yeah. various places you can shoot in a level and those are a lot of times uh, animals yeah there are a few different ones that give you different types of uh, power-ups and then sometimes there will be power-ups just on the field to shoot that you will get and that's also how you refill your ammo for the gun and for your grenades yeah which is a, a big part of this game is uh resource management with your bullets and grenades and health. Yeah, because what we didn't mention about shooting is that you do not have infinite uh, ammo. You have a gun that has a clip. Each clip holds 20 bullets. And, you know, those are, while not few and far between, precious. You can't just uh, spray and pray the whole time. No, that's a, that's a rookie mistake here. Yes. You really have to choose your targets and fire off one or two shots and make them count. Oh, yeah. And once you get, do get to that uh, level of play, you're going to be ending each stage with more ammo than perhaps you even went in with if you know what you're doing. Yeah, and hopefully life because, uh, you know, your ammunition, you know, bullets and grenades as well as your life doesn't replenish in between levels normally. No. So you really, you know, it's all about prepping yourself for the next stage and the stage after that. It's, it's kind of cool. Yeah, that is one way it differs from the arcade, whereas the arcade version, since you chose the level you went to next, if you were low on health, you could go to the one that at the end of you knew you would get health from and, um, and things like that. Yeah. And so the structure of this game is interesting because while you do have to progress linearly through these levels, you still get rewarded for them similarly to the way you would in the arcade. But as you go on, new objectives are added because in the beginning, all you have to do is clear a certain number of enemies from each level. 
Yeah, and they don't let you know that on the, I mean, it's not a stage select screen, but it looks like one where right. in between each level, you know, it'll say there's 25 soldiers and five helicopters or whatever. Mm -hmm. And once you've defeated, say, the five helicopters, no more will spawn. And once you've defeated the 25 enemies, that will be the end of the level. Yes. Or it will take you to the boss of said level. But as you go, they do add a few more uh, twists and turns, which is pretty cool. And I think we'll get to those more in the level-by-level level portion of the show. Sure. Well, Nick, this is Taito. They're a very uh, classic game company. Sure. A lot of experience in the arcades, but not as much in the home market. So how did they do in the manual department? Uh, it's a pretty good manual, really. Um, it's only 16 pages long. It's okay. Well, it doesn't really need a lot. Yeah. Um, it's uh, black and white. Um, it does have some, it does have drawn screenshots in it. Uh-huh. And a little bit of, like, enemy and item art with, like, sprites for the, you know, it's like they drew a representation of the actual sprite, mm -hmm. you know? So that, that, those are always interesting, I think. Uh, more impressively, it has a sweet, uh, the story is like a little comic strip. Mm, yes. Uh, spoiler alert, I own this game, and I do remember yeah. that. Well, I mean, and again, that's uh, it's pretty well drawn. It looks cool. It looks like Nam or Sergeant Rock or something, mm -hmm. kind of. Uh, and it's only one page. It's like seven panels, but it's a neat way to do it, I think. And it, uh, you know, it very effectively and simply, I guess, goes through the controls and gameplay. You get, you know, it goes through all the items, the different animals and what they give you, etc. And uh, you get some point values for the president's speeches at the end. Mm-hmm. And some of you might be saying, well, hey, you guys didn't say what animals give what items, but the animals are mainly level specific. So I think we're going to talk about them there. Right, right. And, and there's not a huge variety either. So <laughs> um, we got to have something to talk about in that segment. Sure. Yeah. Um, now, how about uh, any tips or tricks? It does have a little hint section at the end where they're pretty general, I think, but are actually kind of effective where it's like, don't waste ammo. Don't shoot civilians, you know, if this was your first one. or mm -hmm. it, Most importantly, I think it tells you to watch out for the knife soldiers. Yeah. And uh, to hit the vehicles first. And, and that is very similar advice to what I gave to you. Yeah. Uh, no, it's, uh, yeah, it's effective. So I recommend checking that out. Apparently um, the manual stuck with me all those years. <laughs> and uh, one thing, I was kind of curious at first, too, uh, where this game took place. Mm -hmm. And... But the manual does clear it up that it's in the jungles of South America and you are fighting, quote unquote, terrorists. Gotcha. So no specific countries are uh, in our crosshairs today. Sounds good. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, that's that's what you get. But, uh, you know, it's not bad. An effective little manual for, uh, you know, relatively simple game. Well, Nick, what was your personal history with Operation Wolf? I have only played this game before in the arcade, really. I remember yeah. it being available for the... And you did play it in the arcade, though. Yeah. Um, I, w I went back to ch kind of check, because I w you know, and see what it looked like. And once I saw specifically how it shows, like, all the bullets on the right oh, of yeah. your thing going away, I, that really took me back. And I was like, oh, yeah, I remember. I remember shooting with this bad boy. Because, you know, as much as I do uh, enjoy going back to the NES version, the arcade game has some really big sprites and some really impressive graphics actually yeah i was i was really like kind of blown away when i was looking at it where it looks really good for 87 i mm -hmm. think yeah now i also play this a lot in the arcade and uh, that is why i asked for it for my birthday right right uh, i knew that it had the light gun support and that would meant a lot to me because 
I did not get the NES Power Pack. Oh, right. Which is what a lot of kids got that had, you know, Mario slash Duck Hunt. Mm -hmm. I was fortunate enough to have gotten a Nintendo very early on in its U.S. rollout due to, uh, you know, a summer divorce from my parents (laughs) and a fall birthday. There you go. But my version of the Nintendo came with two controllers and a copy of Mario only. Right. So you had to get Duck Hunt separately? Yes, and I did. (laughs) And the gun separately. Man, well... Well, I mean, when that was the only thing out in that first wave of games... There was not a lot to choose from. It wasn't that bad. But the sting of a year later, everyone getting it for free... Right, right. Ouch. Well, and, you know, you didn't know at the time, like, there's only going to be 17 of these games. Right. And And to me, the (laughs) idea of being able to have a gun game was, like, just amazing. Sure, yeah. So I did play this game a lot as a kid, and um, it was one of those ones that's in your collection. You really learn to go through, and, and, and it's not hard enough to beat you away. So this is one I did beat as a kid. Right. I, yeah, okay. I can see that. Especially with the ability to cheat, which we really forgot to mention in the zapper section, is that anytime you want to with one of these games, you can go right up to the screen you're playing Yeah, at. yeah. And then put the zapper right on the target, and it doesn't know the difference between the distance of one inch, zero inches, or ten feet. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I did that many times myself. So, you know, this game was beaten in a variety of ways. Well, Nick, what was your more recent experience with this game, Operation Wolf? Well, uh, first of all, I did not use a zapper. It was all controller for me because I do not have a CRT anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and I played this about ugh, eight times. Oh, like, wow. I was really kind of dreading it at first because I was like, oh, great. A, a Zapper game this is really going to really gonna suck. And, right. you know, I went through about twice naturally where mm-hmm. I did not get very far. Maybe the second level, you know, it took me a minute to get used to the controls and stuff. Right. So then when I realized I was not making much headway, I played about four times doing save states. But even that doesn't really help. So... At the very end, I just used the Game Genie for Infinite Continues, and it took me about two tries to get through there. I had, to, had some difficulty in one part and had to restart, uh, but we'll talk about that later. Yeah, because this is not a game that is really continue-friendly. When you start with very little ammo or grenades, it's just uh, very hard to, to get going in those final levels. Oh, yeah. You start, yeah, whenever you continue, you start with five magazines and three grenades, so not a lot. But I played this game, I think, uh, four or five times. You know, I wanted to try out the different modes of it. And this is a game since I, I'm, I'm not sure if we had mentioned this before. I think we did. We both uh, unloaded our entire NES collection once the Super Nintendo came out because mm-hmm. didn't have a lot of money as a family. And if you wanted new games, well, that's mainly the only way you're going to get them. Yep. Had to upgrade. So, you know, this is one of the many games that I owned that I have rebought in the past few years. Trying okay. to regain that original collection. Sure, sure. Uh, so I had it. I had the light gun. You know, I have a giant tube TV that I uh, have rescued. And ready to go, man. And I did play it a bit with the light gun, but it's kind of tiring. I could see that with the trigger. like. Yeah, I mean, the trigger mechanism is well old and stiff on mine. Let's, let's start with that. Sure. And I, I think it's also a bit hazier than it was, you know, 20 years ago. So, uh, you know, it's just not as accurate. And I, I could get really close to the TV and do it, but it just wasn't nearly as fun. Right, right. And to be honest with you, as a kid, I mainly played it with the controller. I mean, it seems like it would be more accurate and stuff. And Yeah, especially once you 
get to the fidelity. You get used to whatever speed you're comfortable with. Right, right. And, you know, another thing about the zapper that always bugged me was that real, like, loosey-goosey, chung-chung, springy. The, yes. The, the trigger is ugh, not the best. But I played this game those few times, and uh, I tried to go all natural in the beginning, and I got to, you know, I think level three. And then I kind of remembered things as I got on. Mm-hmm. And um, I did save state a little bit, but that was just, like, as a safety net if I screwed up a level. Because, as I said, you really can't continue very well after the third stage, I think. Right, yeah. There's a point where it's just not its not necessarily worth it, really. Yeah, know? so this is kind of one of those games you're just going to want to barrel through in one go once you know what you're doing. And, you know, to be honest with you, it's only about 35 minutes or so. Yeah, there are only there's six missions, so yeah, it's not a whole lot. <laughs> so I did beat this game. And uh, sadly, though, as we'll get to what the endings mean, I did it only uh, saving two of my my fellow POWs. Oh, right, right. Do you remember how many you saved? I, I, I think it was two as well. Right, like, okay. it was not a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I, I remember, like, that was a frustrating was, thing for me. Yeah. <laughs> well, here we are in the general chat portion of our show. And I'd like to start by saying that this game, I think, really holds up beyond its light gun gimmick. Yeah, um, I kind of mentioned before I was a little reticent when this game came up, but uh, I always found it surprisingly fun, you know, even without the zapper, you know? Yeah, that's what sold it to me as a kid. But once you understand the mechanics of the game and you realize, you know, what you're trying to do level by level, it becomes a lot more fun to really try to min-max it. Yeah, it's it's a lot more about the resource management. It's not just getting through the level, but doing so with the most bullets left, the most ammo, everything. You know, and the most health, of course. Oh yeah, and and there are these little, you know, you get interstitial kind of story elements in between them. You know, you're you know, first you're trying to locate the the village, rescue mm-hmm. the people, get to the ammo dump, different different yeah, like the communications thing. Yeah, yeah, stuff you got to do. It's a storyline, and that is fun. And I really like the the sound in this game. Uh, musically, as sparse as it is. Yeah, there's. it's really just when you're actually playing a mission, there's not really music, but you get these little, like, you do get a little bit of music, you know, at, at the ends or in between levels or in certain areas. Yeah, and I think that's the wise move because while it does get a little sparse in the thick of a level when you're just hearing the machine gun fire and the explosion sound effects and yelling, right, right. quote yelling, um, you know, if you had music there, I think it would just be too much gobbledygook going on over it. And, you know, as much as there are certain games like like Life Force, for example. Yeah. When we played that, I, I it totally took me off guard how good the music was because when you're playing something that's real, like, intense action, mm-hmm. it normally just goes out in one ear and out the other, and I don't even realize it. Right. Now, the graphics are not nearly as good as the arcade version, but they are pretty good. You definitely know what everything is. Yeah, and, I mean, you're mostly fighting soldiers and few vehicles it's, there's not a lot of variety there but there's a couple they, animals and pretty, normal humans running around i mean not that soldiers aren't normal humans but <laughs> civilians as one would say civilian yeah and then you know the the soldiers look fine for you know what they are and mm-hmm. they look they're animated well enough for you know being at different distances and sizes and there are a few nice little touches and flourishes where you can, you know, break windows or do a couple of things that uh, influence the background that aren't necessarily as important as yeah. the foreground. And the backgrounds aren't necessarily spectacular, but they're all very, like, appropriate and fitting where you're in the communications area. So there's fences or, you know, well, a village. I and... think they do a great job of keeping it 
just simplistic enough to where there is no confusion of enemy movement in front of them. Right, right. And, and that's what you know really sells this game is you're never at a loss of like, oh, there's too many guys on screen. I didn't know where they were coming from or who was going to shoot. You right. Mean, you always know what you're supposed to do. It's just a matter of can you get there in the right timing of this person, this person, that person. Yeah, and, and a lot of it's just like... It reminds me almost of like Dr. Mario or something where you just have these like enemies start accumulating and you got to keep up. If you yeah. can, if you can stay on top of it and keep it down to one guy, if you shoot them as soon as they come in, then it, it gets it, it's it's a good strategy. Oh, definitely. As well as the one thing that helped me once after my initial difficulties was when you figure out there's kind of a sweet spot in most levels where you can get, you know, the enemies come in at these like, I don't know, five or six different planes. Yes, so you always kind of know where they're going to come in from. There's a spot where it's like you can hit three or four of them from the same where it's like you'll be shooting the far away guys in the mm-hmm. sh- in the foot and the closer guys will be in the head. So you can really, if you can just stay on that one plane for as long as you can, you can, it, I thought it helped a lot to mow down enemies. Now, we did fail to mention one item that is in this game, and that is the dynamite. Well, that's, that's true. There are explosives. Yeah, there, you'll see them on the ground in various levels. And I'm not going to lie, I almost always use them at foolish times. It's hard to it's hard to work them into your timing and movement. Yeah, because you'll see them, and then if there aren't enemies, then you want to wait till enemies come there. But it's frequently just easier to just stay on top of the enemies and kill them, you know. Yeah, and not worry about the dynamite. And then also, you know, it will affect the civilians in this game, and you do uh, have civilians that you're not supposed to shoot. No, uh, in certain missions, you know, and especially when you get, you know, there's a rescue mission kind of arc that you're going through. Mm-hmm. So once you get to the levels where you've raided the village and you freed some prisoners right uh-huh then every level after that you have to guide the you know you see them coming out one by one and you got to get them from one side of the screen to the other without getting shot by enemies or knifed by soldiers right and if you do not do enough of those then you will not even get access to the last level yeah you got to keep them coming like and, and it's like if you miss one in level say level three yeah and he's gone for the rest of the game yeah you gotta keep it up you know I do like the different that there are two different like death screens where yeah. you can get where it'll show you getting shot. <laughs> it's like you took a lethal injury. It's pretty hardcore. Mm-hmm. And then there's the like you have no ammo. Yes. So you get captured and it shows you in a jail cell and stuff. So I, I thought that was a neat touch. Yeah, it was. And I'm always a fan of multiple death screens, but both of those are really nice. Yeah, and fitting. Now, as you said, there is a continue in this game, but it is a little odd. Yeah, you get one per mission, so you can lose each mission once and then restart there. Right. But, uh, I don't know, it's kind of strange. It's kind of neat because it allows you to not have to worry about early levels as much, you know, but, you know, once you get to the end, a continue is not good enough. You don't have enough ammo typically anyways, so. Right. But even when you get to the end... One continues not enough anyway, so even having more wouldn't really help you. Right. I feel like that was tacked on at some point, but not really well thought out. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. All right. It is the level-by-level portion of our show, and this game has six levels. That you do not get to choose which order you go in. Yeah, it's kind of confusing because what was the screen select screen? It looks like you either can choose or you're going to start on the top left. Yeah, but you start on the right and kind of work your way to the left. So it's a, it's a little weird. I wonder if that's uh, a holdover from the Japanese version. Yeah, maybe, man. I don't know. I don't know either. 
So the first level is the communication center, and you're coming in to shut down their communication satellite or something. Mm-hmm. We don't want the word out that you are there. Yeah, and uh, you will be facing 55 soldiers, yes. four helicopters, and five armored cars here. And the main tactic in this and every level after this is to, first and foremost, take out all of the tanks and helicopters. I think especially the helicopters. They seem to be the worst of the oh, worst. Yeah. Well, they fire more and faster. But, you know, once you've taken them out, there are no more of them coming. And, again, since they are priority one, you want to save and use all of your grenades on them. Yeah, generally. Like, I might let a... Sometimes you can get the armored cars. They don't seem to be as tough to kill with your machine gun, but if you've got the grenades to spare, it's nice. Definitely. And even if uh, one or two guys are out there shooting at you, it's way better to take damage from them than from one of those vehicles. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and and so this level, you know, it's a jungle area. You know, you were were looking at some gray buildings and fences and stuff. You're in a compound or camp of some sort. Yeah, and and you'll see, uh, here you'll see some vultures from time to time where if you shoot them, they will reveal extra ammo magazines. Yeah, and they're really essential, I think, you know, to building up your ammo stock. Oh, yeah. For the future. You'll see some ammo just scrolls by on the ground as well. And you want to make sure you can get that. In this one, you start the game with seven magazines and five grenades, which is a pretty good amount. So, but don't waste it, you know. And then you're going to see a lot of enemies that will carry over between levels. You got your soldier guy that comes out and shoots. Uh, You have, of course, the two vehicles, but none of these enemies are going to be giving you too much trouble. And there are not a ton of them coming out at once. Yeah. They're, they space themselves out fairly. And then there is no boss to this level once you have defeated the enemies, uh, which are represented on the bottom right corner, you know, the countdown oh. of enemies you have left. Yeah, you got your tally, so keep an eye there. Well, once you've wiped them all out, you move on to the very next level. Yeah, this is the Jungle River level. Mm-hmm. You will fight, there are 60 soldiers here, as well as eight riverboats and eight armored cars. Yeah, the riverboats are just like pretty much the helicopter. Yeah, I mean... I like, I think they're easier just because they're not as far up in the air and away from other guys. Correct. Like you can, if you're using a grenade on a riverboat, you might be able to get an armored car or a couple guys or enemy soldiers as well. And this is, of course, a jungly looking, very dark green background area. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, you know, there's a river back there too. Um, and this one has more civilians running across the screen yes, than the last. Civilians with brown pants. I shot a lot of them. I'm not a good soldier. <laughs> it's... Well, they enter with another enemy at the same time a lot. Yeah, I mean, it takes a minute to get used to what they look like, you know, because they don't, the sprite work is, eh, you know, it's just a different color, basically. Right. So it can be a little deceptive. And if you have defeated all of the enemies and vehicles in this stage, you are treated to a very short boss sequence. Yeah, you have the general who's mm-hmm. there with a, he has a hostage and he's pointing a gun right at their head right yeah it's pretty intense (laughs) you've got to shoot him a couple times without shooting the hostage yes and you really don't have much leeway and and shooting him right you only have a few pixels it feels like yeah you got to go over the shoulder yeah but yeah it's not too horribly hard um you know it does make you feel pretty cool when you take him out and (laughs) save that thankful woman yeah you're a hero you're a hero that then moves on to stage three the village. Yeah, and this is where the, the hostages are that you're kind of trying to rescue. So mm-hmm. when they are protected by 45 soldiers, six helicopters, and three armored cars. Yes. So in this case, now is the time where you want to start saving more of those grenades for the helicopter. 
Oh, yeah. Um, you're going to be seeing some enemies in blue uniforms here. Um, and, and this is where I really started to notice a lot more of the guys coming in real close to yeah. you. You know, you got to shoot them. They're, they're out of the way a bit for your ridicule. And at some point here, you've also been introduced to some guys that roll in from the side of the screen. And true. as soon as they pop up, they will shoot at you. So they are a, a really high priority. Yeah, you blast your way through this uh, to the end. And really the big thing here is that when you defeat this level, the villagers that you save will bandage you up and you get healed. Finally. Yeah, it is awesome. Uh, there is a, a seventh kind of, it's not really a secret, but a seventh battle uh, mission, I guess, where mm-hmm. you are sighted by the enemies and they come attack you. Yeah, it's not a numbered stage uh, in that progression of six. Yeah, and it's just a single screen. It's kind of a jungle road. There's a clearing with some trees and stuff. It can take you off guard, but it's not hard. No, it's it's easier than most of the levels. There's only 40 soldiers and three helicopters. And this is where I first saw the rolling guys start coming in from both sides. But I'm not sure when, uh, because I I saw it kind of come out at different points in the game. I don't Mm -hmm. know if it's just you only fight it once, maybe again. I I don't know if it's random. I don't know. We don't know. Sorry. There is not a lot of information about this game on the internet in one lonely, sad FAQ. Yeah, I mean, I I played through a few times, and I I never saw it more than once, so. Right. But it did pop up at different spots. And are you rewarded with anything at the end of that? I don't think so, man. It's uh, just a little... It's kind of a, just a drag on your supplies, really. Yeah, well, hopefully it comes to you before the ammunition dump. Yes, this is uh, one of the most important levels in, in the game. Mm-hmm. But it's well guarded with 50 soldiers, 7 helicopters, and 5 armored cars. Yeah, you're going to be doing a lot of shooting in this level. Yeah, this is uh, looks like a real military-like base. you got green soldiers. you got those like wooden like watchtowers, fences and stuff oh, in yeah. the background. It's pretty cool. You know, we forgot to mention the animals of the last level, which was the pig in the jungle and village. Yes. um, The pigs are are worth more bullets, I believe. And the chickens, which I think first showed up in the the jungle river, those are where you get extra grenades. Yeah. I love those chickens. Oh, yeah. They, I shoot them like no other. You want to save those up, but. You know, this is a, a long, this is, I, I feel like this is where the the difficulty kind of ramps up a bit. But oh, yeah. It uh, is definitely rewards you at the end by maxing out your ammunition with nine magazines and nine grenades. Thank you, game, because you're going to need them. Yes, you will. Especially up next when you go through the prison camp. This level is brutal. Um, it is 75 soldiers and 12 helicopters. And if that wasn't enough, there are five prisoners that enter the screen from the right-hand side yeah, and slowly shamble along their way to the left-hand side. And you have to get at least one of them all the way across the screen. (laughs) And when I say get them across, I don't mean not shoot them yourself. There is a guy actively going to go kill them Yep, the with knife, a knife. Yeah, the knife soldiers, man. You, you really got to get them straight away. I I played this level a lot. Um, mm-hmm. This was one where I first started save stating, even when I was using the infinite continues. And it's like, if you get here and and you die yeah. or can't make it and you have to continue from this level, you are in a world of hurt because you do not have all those extra grenades and stuff. And those 12 helicopters take a lot of bullets. Yeah, and while you're shooting them, that's when inevitably Knife Guy enters the screen (laughs) to go stab the hostage you're trying to save. There's one, I think it's the first hostage when it starts coming out. It took me so long to unlearn using my grenades on the helicopter, trying to catch this other guy in one of the towers, and somehow would always get the hostage, and I 
Ugh. So you got to watch out for that. <laughs> you do. But if you can get at least one hostage freed, then you can move on to the final level of the game, the airport. It's a well-fortified airport with 85 soldiers, 11 helicopters, and four armored cars. You'll see uh, red enemies here, and as well as some motorcycle troops. Yeah, which are new, I think, to the game. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I believe so. And, I mean, there's a couple vultures, but once again, you are escorting five more of the hostage. Well, well however many okay. you have remaining. <laughs> yeah, and you have to get them. Like, you have to get to the end with at least one of these. Yeah, so it's it's tough, man. That's two levels where you're escorting. And knife soldiers are back, and it's just a lot more for you to deal with. Oh, of course. And But if you do, you are treated to a boss. Yes, the final boss of the game. Yeah, this is, uh, the manual calls it the Hind Chopper. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that acronym stands for. Okay. But it is a, this is a, just a helicopter that actually flies around the screen a little bit, shooting missiles at you. Yeah, and you can blow those missiles up. You kind of have to, like, it'll yeah. gun you down pretty quick, but I didn't think it was super difficult. No, personally. not after, you know, some of the you know, acrobatics you've gone through, <laughs> like, triangling between sides of the screen and, and the top. Just keep an eye on those missiles, really. When you're not, like, escorting soldiers or anything else, it kind of takes it down a notch. Mm-hmm. Now, if you destroy this helicopter and you have rescued some hostages, you are treated to a little cutscene where the president himself thanks you. Yeah, depending on the number of hostages, you get different endings as well. Right. Like, if you have all five, the president basically says he loves you and you're a pro-combatant. Good job. Nice. Three or more, you get a well done. Hopefully, you'll do your next mission as well. Mm -hmm. And then if you get less than that, which is what I got. Yeah, same here. As the president says, it's not very satisfactory. I know. I was a little disappointed. But if you get if you get zero, then the president yells at you and tells you that you failed and to not bother coming home. Because all the prisoners are dead. Ouch. You get kicked out of the country. Well, hey, you only had one job to do. That's true. And I mean, we expect more from Operation Wolf soldiers. I don't know. <laughs> now you find us in the review portion of our show. And of course, we use the classic Nintendo Power Review System, which has four categories, a possible score of 0 to 5 in each of those categories, starting with graphics and sound. Nick, I gave this game a 3.5. Okay. I, I, and went... I feel like I was a little generous, but I'm not sure. <laughs> well, I went 2.5. Like, it's nothing too fancy, and there's not a lot. Well, there's no music, but it's clear. It's thematically appropriate. Mm-hmm. Everything looks it's in the backgrounds. I would almost expect them to be more repetitive, you know? Right. And, you know, I think that the graphics really get their point across. Everything is really smooth, and while not heavily animated, it does have that sense of movement where it doesn't look weird or like you're in a shooting gallery. Right, right. Yeah, it's not like Hogan's Alley or something. No, not at all. Uh, as you said, there's not a lot of music, but the music's there. I really do like. It's got a lot of fun, atmospheric, kind of 80s sounds. Sure, and all the story interstitial scenes look really cool. I think the the graphics there are, are pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Next up is play control, and I gave this a 3.5? Question mark is what I wrote. Right, yeah, I mean... Granted, I didn't play with the zapper. I gave it a 2.5. I mm-hmm. felt like, you know, it's not expecting a lot from you. You're right. just moving the thing, but selectable crosshair speed, that's that's a, exactly. a bonus. That's why it, I, I think I pulled it up to that, is that you have a, your input speed is a selection, and it's free. It's not a thing you earn. Right, right. And then also it is, you have two two methods of input, the gun or 
the controller. Sure, yeah. And you can hold down, I mean, it's not really that advisable most of the time, but you can hold down your button for rapid fire. At least on the controller, does the does that work with that way with the zapper? Like no. You, you can't hold it down? Because that might make it a little better for zapper, if, if you could. Right. Next up, we have Challenge Factor, Nick. What did you rank this game? Um, I gave it a 3.5. As I, did I. I think it's tough, but fair. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned before, but the, you know, managing your bullets in life and stuff, I think, is a, an effective and, and equitable way to, uh, you know, increase some difficulty. Right. I think uh, we have the very same feelings because I said it can be very hard if you do not know what to do, but it is also very fair. Um, you have to learn what the game expects of you. But once you do, you know, it's, it's very manageable. Yeah. And finally, we have theme and fun, Nick. Uh, I went with a 3.0 here. Mm-hmm. I gave it a 3.5. I, uh, I'm not sure if uh, all the fun I had was pure nostalgia-driven, but it did hold up a lot better than I was expecting it to. Yeah, I mean, I had no nostalgia for this version, and I actually, you know, enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I would. It's uh, simple but fun, and it's a good kind of, like, light, fair, time-waster kind of game. Indeed, and there is a story. There is a full theme to each level. You're going through this uh, jungle to a place to a base. You know, you are progressing through a world in the land. Yeah, I wish that stage select screen had a little map or something. I think that would be nice, but I would have been. That's just icing on a cake. Well, Nick, I asked this question at the end of every show, and honestly, I'm not 100% sure I know what you'll say this time. So should you play this game? I think so. I think, uh, you know, I I was won over it. I didn't expect to have fun, and I did, and it's brief enough that I think anybody, you know, it's worth a shot. Uh, I agree. I said, if you have access to a zapper, it's definitely worth checking out because it is a different game than Mm. Duck Hunt. It is not your classic one-screen game. So it's a whole different feel. But more importantly, I think it's even more enjoyable with the controller. And yeah, I think you should too, because there aren't as many examples of the on-rail shooter that made it to the Nintendo Entertainment System. Yeah, I was you know, somewhat a fan, at least from the arcade. Like, I remember playing this or, like, Mechanized Attack, those games. Terminator 2. Yeah, yeah. For all, sure. All, always fun. And I had, throughout the years, until this very game, had just thought that there's no way those could ever be fun at home. So don't waste your time. Mm. Unless you're playing Revolution X on PlayStation 1. And we spent many an hour playing through that one. Next week's game will be Operation C, as in Contra for the Game Boy. That's right. It's a double operation operation. So find a copy of that game any way you can, friends. Grab your Game Boy and play along. That's right. And um, if you guys want to... You know, hit us up about some, uh, you know, maybe about Operation Wolf or Operation the Board Game. You can do so at uh, cartridgecommand at gmail.com. Our communication centers have not been taken out, so they are still fully operational. Let's go. Let's do this. And, of course, you can get in touch with us on Facebook at Cartridge Command to find out when new shows happen on the Twitter. Please subscribe to the show with whatever device, software, or thing you use to listen to this show. We're available on every platform that I know of, and perhaps even a few I don't know of. Ooh, maybe on the dark web. Who knows? We could be out there. We could be. But of course, every week I must say a special thank you to those uh, wonderful and fine folks that give to us at patreon.com slash cartridge command. 
It is those individuals that make sure this show actually happens. Without their financial support, support? Without their financial support, we would not be able to afford our hosting, our travel, and all that stuff because we're just a couple of working class guys that do this in our spare time. And But as long as you pay for this show to happen, we'll keep making it for you all. So thank you guys so very, very much. Every week, they take out the knife soldiers approaching us just before we they get there. So thank you. Thank you. And as always, Cartridge Commandos, game on! Fair enough. But I, I could be lying. <laughs> also fair enough. <laughs>